This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is the one and only Alex Abernathy. (laughs) What's up, Nate? Not Charlie. He's golfing. He's he's golfing today. Oh, man. Some people just don't care about Liberty, you know? And the other ones, they do the podcast. I mean, I was watching the Discord server right before this, and people were calling him a fake libertarian. It is exactly right, man. There is no chance that this guy actually does care. (laughs) So, Alex, uh, you know, I was telling some of the people in the pre-show about you. You've been on the show before. I've been on your show before. And uh, have you been on a couple times now, or is it the one time for the Rehumanizing Project? Yeah, it was the one time for Rehumanizing back in, what was that, 2020? That was a long time ago. Yeah, that was forever ago. When we did the interview, I noticed, like, you've got a radio voice. Like, holy crap. And then you're like, oh, yeah, uh, that was the radio show. Yeah, Yeah, so... (laughs) Tell everyone about that. At at that point, I just did, I was the the top-of-the-hour news guy on the radio. So I was the one that would come on and be like, it's 2 o'clock and freaking hot outside, and here's your headlines, and I'd do them for five minutes. And a lot of experience there because my station was initially a CNN affiliate. And then we later switched over to be a Fox affiliate, which worked way better for the Rush Limbaugh show. Uh, But doing that show and then doing the local show after that. And then eventually last September, so we're coming up on a year now, I got my own show. We've branded it the Alex Abernathy Show, Tennessee's Anchorman, because it's syndicated on six radio stations across the state of Tennessee. So it's just an hour each day. But yeah, we've got it on radio. I divide it up between half national stuff and half state stuff. And then, of course, it all goes in the same radio show, but then it's podcasted out into two separate podcasts. So it winds up being about 20 minutes of one state podcast and 20 minutes of a national one each day. So everyone, make sure there's going to be links in the show notes, of course. And so make sure you go subscribe to that podcast, at least the national one. But if you want to know everything that we're upset about here in Tennessee, then go subscribe to the other one as well. So it's Dumb Believe of the Week. This is the day of the week where we finally get to make fun of the really dumb things that have happened so far uh, this week, and some of them maybe from last week, but uh, but who cares? No one's counting. I have a, I have a quick question mm-hmm. for you. This actually, the question might alone count as a dumb bleep, uh, <laughs> but you're the only person I know with this type of expertise, so I've got to ask you while I've got you. Okay. Should I draft Ezekiel Elliott for my fantasy football team? No. <laughs> okay. No. No, no. no way, shape, or form. Um, I cannot imagine that being the best uh, idea but, you know, I hate to say that and then be wrong, but I can't personally recommend him. I don't know what they've done with the offensive line over the summer at all. I don't know if it's gotten any better. And I don't know how he's going to be because, man, has he not been worth the money lately. So I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry to all the other Cowboys fans out there. But listen, I'm not a, I'm not a real big stats guy, so I don't remember exactly how he did the previous okay. couple of years. I think it was really bad. So you guys take that. That's not professional investment advice, just so everyone knows. If you're investing in your fantasy football team right now, that's not professional advice. That's just my immediate gut reaction. We'll see. I hope I just gave you terrible advice. Personally, I hope I did because I went in to do really, really well. All right. Sounds good. I just knew you were a Cowboys guy. I had to to ask. (laughs) All right. So it's Dumb Bleep. We're going to talk about a lot of dumb stuff. We got 10 on the menu for today. The live group who joined by going to joingml.com. 
are going to be voting at the end of the show. And at the end of the year, we will do the Dumb Leap Bracket Challenge all the way to the Dumb Leap of the year. So this is very, very crucially important. That's why this episode really matters. So I'm going to tell everyone what the first one is. I don't know if it really should have gotten its own Dumb Leap, but I found this to be real, real dumb. I was I was going through the Washington Post today. The first one's called WAPO Journalisming. I was going through the WAPO today looking for some news, see if anything particularly dumb is happening. So I'm just scrolling the entire website. So I want to walk you through my experience of scrolling the website. First thing, of course, there's a rule in liberal media that the top left of the website, the first story, needs to contain the words January 6th. And I think they've got at least a 10-year contract on that where they have to make sure that the very first thing contains Jan 6 in the first thing. So, of course, that's what we got. And then we got a little bit of Ukraine. Uh, the first one up here on the right, I'm a drag queen. Here's what my art really is. That's good. Uh, next page, uh, we got just some random stuff about making cocktails. Okay, that's fine. The third page of the website, Trump, Americans dismayed with the end of row, most read January 6th. Millions of Americans be affected positively by the Inflation Reduction Act. That's what mm, they mean to say yeah. right there in that article. And so we're going through here. Pope Francis is out there apologizing. Chick-fil-A is taking advantage of their workers. All kinds of stuff rolling through. I think we're on page four or five by now. Democrats doing great things for the world. As you can see, look at this. Tiger populations are rebounding. That was great news right there. We're still scrolling through the website. School mask mandates are returning. All kinds of stuff. And then as we get to page uh, eight, basically, on the website, I'm just still reading these articles, and I noticed this little one right here in the corner. This little one right there. Man accused of plotting to kill Kavanaugh talked about targeting two other justices, FBI says. Now, this is on page eight of the Washington Post website, basically. I don't know about how many people are really looking into the tiger populations right now or, you know, any of the other stuff they were talking about above that. Do you have the feeling, Alex, that this story would be closer to the top if the uh, if it would have been reversed just oh, a little bit? Oh, my God. Like, uh, I don't know, Sonia Sotomayor. <laughs> yeah. She, she was on the list here. Uh, of course. I, I do question, though, because I have you heard anybody else talking about? I mean, I've heard people talking about the Kavanaugh assassination attempt story, mm -hmm. but I haven't heard anybody else talking about the two others on the list. I might have missed that, but like... If I go check out the Daily Wire right now, is this going to be on their homepage at all? I'm not sure if it is or not. I do think I was going to say I heard this yesterday, and I think I heard it from someone with the Daily Wire. It might have been their morning podcast called Morning Wire. I might have heard that's. I heard it mentioned, the story mentioned, mm -hmm. and I basically only listened to the Morning Wire in the morning, and that's like my daily podcast thing, so I'm thinking that's the only place I would have heard it. Gotcha. But, and it's not like that a was a genuine question. Though. I had no idea. Okay, so just imagine this. A guy is going to kill Brett Kavanaugh. He has a gun. I did read the story. He's got a gun. He's got 37 rounds of ammunition, planning to kill Kavanaugh and two other justices because he is upset. He wants to kill them before the official Roe versus Wade ruling comes out. Who are the other two? Do you know? Um, I don't remember the exact ones that they were. Man, I'd have to actually have the article pulled up right now. So I'm sorry. I can't give fake news. I can't back it up. I mean, know? I, I no. can guess, but I don't want to. <laughs> we can guess who they're going to be. They're probably going to be on the more conservative uh, side of things. But that means at least two conservative justices are left out here. So yeah. I am curious who was left off the chopping block. Who is it that he likes on the conservative yeah. side? I mean, maybe John Roberts, but maybe, maybe. The other four... <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's the one lucky soul here? Amanda says Roberts and ACB. Okay. And I, I trust Amanda is the fact checker in chief for the podcast. Wait, and those so, those were the two that were left off or those were the other two on the list? Wait, were those left off or the, they were on the list, Amanda? Left off. Okay, okay. so that kind of makes ACB a he little left sense? ACB off the list? I mean, if you're, if you're fighting for women's rights, Nate, okay. you can't be out yeah, killing that's women. Right. That's a bad optics. <laughs> yeah, that would look bad if you were to do that. Man, I'm just wondering how big of a story this would be if it were reversed. But of course, we've all just got to talk about. No, I'm no Republican. I probably I've leaned more Republican than Democrat. I can for sure say that. But I'm I'm no Republican. Uh, but Lord, the bias. They don't even try anymore. So that's number one. Wapo journalism. 
Okay, we talked about this one earlier in the week. Did you hear this one, Alex? The Al Gore thing, him talking oh, about the U Valley? Yeah, for sure. So it's normally we'll talk about stuff earlier in the week, and then a lot of times it doesn't actually get brought back in to Dumb Leap of the Week after that. This one was dumb enough that I thought it actually needed to get brought back in. And so we'll listen once again to what Al Gore, you always know, right, by the way, you got to listen to everything he says. He's always super right about everything. And so let's see what he had to say. Climate deniers uh, uh, are really in some ways similar to all of those uh, almost 400 law enforcement officers in Uvalde, Texas, who were waiting outside an unlocked door uh, while the children were being massacred. They heard the screams, they heard the gunshots, and uh, nobody stepped forward. And God bless those families who've suffered so much. And Law enforcement officials tell us that's not typical of what uh, law enforcement usually does. And confronted with this global emergency, what we're doing with our inaction and failing to walk through the door and stop the killing uh, is not typical of what we are capable of. I don't know if you uh, look for people's analogies and whether or not they're any good, Alex, but I do. I like to scrutinize analogies. How would you say this one lines up with like, you got like the best analogy in the world, really, really terrible ones. Where do you think he'd, you know, big swing and a miss or just nailed it like bullseye on this? Uh, I would say our climate deniers, which I want to talk about that term in a second too. (laughs) Are climate deniers the same as the Uvalde police officers? Where would it rank on a scale? It would just rank in the no, it would just rank in the no category. Not even on the chart. It's not an analogy because it's, is analogical a word? It doesn't fall in the analogy realm. It's it's that bad. I would agree. And what do you have to say about climate deniers? Well, he uses the term climate denier, and this is another term, and I know all week people have been talking about redefining recession, and they've been saying, well, we've redefined vaccine, and we've redefined woman, so on and so forth. I think this is another term that falls into that same camp. Mm. I have no idea what climate denier means. Is this like anti-vaxxer? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because... I mean, I do believe that the global climate Wait, you is You talked warming. about this on your podcast earlier this week, didn't you? You talked about the anti-vaxxer thing. Yeah, I'm exactly, sure. yeah. exactly. I, I can agree with you that the climate is warming, and I can agree with you that humans, I've heard you and Chuck talk about it, I mean, running through Elon Musk's reasoning with it, that humans are probably contributing to the global climate warming. I can say all that and then just say, but I believe that the answer is not the government, but rather the free market. And that still makes me a climate denier. And that's not what when Al Gore was actually a popular figure, that wasn't the definition of climate denier. This is another definition that has morphed over the last 20 years. Like you mentioned earlier on the podcast about the on your podcast about anti-vaxxer used to be people that were against vaccines. Like Mm -hmm. you didn't think that anyone should take those. And now if you don't think they should be forced then you're an anti-vaxxer and still. That, that's on Merriam-Webster. I know. It's if you don't believe in vaccines or vaccine mandates, have we you checked, are an anti-vaxxer. Have we checked to see if like climate denier has a definition and whether or not that has changed? <laughs> I a have bit? not. That would be interesting. All right, yeah, pretty pretty terrible idea. As, I, as we broke down earlier in the week, he's trying to... When the Uvalde police were in the hallway, they were there for 77 minutes, and there is a clear threat... There are kids in a room with a guy who has a rifle and he's killing them. And they're there for sit and they know that. And it is a clear and present danger to those kids. They can look at the guy. He's got a rifle. He's shooting them. We know that he is the cause of all of their pain and suffering at that time. We know it for sure. This, not the same thing at all. We don't know that anything that the government is going to do is actually going to help. We don't have any evidence whether it's going to help. We don't have, in my opinion, exactly clear evidence that humans are the principal cause of climate change, or at least that they're the principal cause of every single weather event that happens every single day in the United States. I don't think we have any evidence for that at all. But, yeah, same, same. Listen to Al Gore. He's right about everything. I mean, it's it's the oldest saying in politics. Aristotle said it. (laughs) When in doubt, trust Al Gore. That's exactly just like my granddaddy used to say. All right, don't believe number three. We got an article from Yahoo News. There is an article associated with this. Do you want to read this one, Alex? It's is it the, on the uh, it's Google in the Docs? Notes. Yeah, why all semi-automatic weapons must be banned on a national 
basis. All right, let's get it. And if you want me to stop, I can stop wherever you need me to. I'll, don't worry, I'll stop you. Okay. <laughs> the single common factor in all the recent mass shootings was the use of semi-automatic weapons. Fully automatic weapons have been banned for many years. All semi-automatic weapons, both rifles and handguns, must be banned on a national basis. It is self-evident that these weapons are not needed for either personal protection or for hunting. Wait, hold on. <laughs> is it, though? Oh, it's, uh, is clearly. It, is it self-evident? I mean, Yahoo News <laughs> said it. <laughs> it's self-evident that these weapons are not needed for personal protection or for hunting. Self-evident. <laughs> no one uses these things. No, of course not. For either, either of those. Now, I've never needed to use one for personal protection. Thank God I've never needed to. I have actually used an AR-15 for hunting before. I guess I didn't have to, but it seemed more fun at the time, <laughs> I guess. But um, personal protection, you don't need a handgun for personal protection. It's not like thousands of people end up saving their own lives or the lives of others every year. Anyway, I'm sorry. Let's do, you keep going. do you think the writer meant to reference... The Declaration of Independence when saying self-evident, or do you think they're even familiar enough with America's founding documents to do that? I don't think they would ever they would ever reference such a blatantly <laughs> racist document. It's just a happy accident. That. A racist insurrectionist document like the Declaration of Independence. I, I doubt they've ever even read it. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Restrictions on the private ownership of weapons are not prohibited by the Constitution. With the elimination of semi-automatic weapons, there should also be a ban on high-capacity magazines. These prohibitions should be coupled with a... Restrictions on the private ownership of weapons are not prohibited by the Constitution. Any issues there? You see any problems inside of that at all? I don't know if the Constitution mentions weapons, but of course, only people who are serving in state militias are allowed to own. Because you know the Founding Fathers, they were real big on only people in the government having guns. Like, that was one of their main things. Most definitely. Only the people in power should be able to defend themselves, and that's definitely what they meant with the Second Amendment. I don't even know how we can question that. Uh I'll be honest, while we were reading it and I read Constitution, I just assumed that in the last five minutes we've redefined Constitution. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, I guess we just, everything's different now. So it's his own going. personal Constitution. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. That's, that's just, it's just the way the world works, Nate. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, perception is reality. These prohibitions should be coupled with a national buyback program of semi-automatic weapons, but the refusal to sell these weapons or magazines to the government would not itself be a crime. Rather, if a crime is committed using a prohibited weapon or magazine, the owner or immediate seller of such weapon or magazine would be equally liable for any crime committed with such weapon or magazine, regardless, regardless of who pulled the trigger. Okay. Simple, if you keep these weapons, keep them safe and locked up. Okay. Hold on. I thought he said that we needed to ban all of them. First off. Mm -hmm. Said we need to ban all of them. And then he says we need to do a national buyback. But then he says that you don't have to actually participate in the buyback. You can just keep your weapons safe at home. So we just went from ban <laughs> to national buyback to you don't actually have to participate in the buyback to you have to keep your guns locked up at home. Where it, Doesn't that contradict the banning of no, the weapons? No, Nate, it's called logic. Okay. Just, okay. just making sure. And this whole idea of a national buyback, I mean, it's garbage. It, even freaking the Journal of the American Medical Association in 2016 looked at Australia's buyback and was like, oh, yeah, by the way, that did nothing to reduce gun crime in Australia. Well, okay, so like we need a national buyback, a voluntary national buyback. Mm -hmm. We don't, I guess if they're going to pay two, three times the amount for the guns, people might participate in it. But it's not as if you ha would have a problem selling a weapon right now like if you have a gun it's not like oh thank god the government came in as a buyer for my gun i couldn't find one it's a great point this whole time now that the government's buying them i can finally offload this gun i've been trying to get rid of on gunbrokers.com this whole time and no one will buy it no, well if you need to sell a gun you can sell it today and, and if i'm a horrible person that's gonna go shoot up a place and i'm like you know what i was gonna go shoot this place up but the government's offered me three hundo for my mm -hmm, gun. Mm -hmm. Never mind. I just changed my mind. I can change my all the things I'm mad about in my life now that I get this three hundred bucks yeah. for this gun. That's really going to turn things around for me. 
All right. This criminal liability should be expanded to include any crime committed by a weapon whose owner failed to safely store and lock their guns. Think of all the guns that are stolen from unlocked cars. Ownership of a weapon designed to maintain and kill another person should require the same level of responsibility as ownership of other property that can cause serious injury or death like an automobile. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Okay. All right, the last part, that's interesting. Now, that's interesting. Um, they, they should require the same level of responsibility as a ownership of any other property like an automobile. Because, as you know, if someone steals your car and then they hit someone with it, you go to prison because they hit someone with your car, right? Because clearly you didn't hotwire-proof your car. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's your fault. Even if, I mean, if you didn't lock your car, someone stole it, they didn't commit the crime with the car, obviously... For years, it's in the Constitution. The person gets in trouble for that crime, not the the person. The owner of the car gets in trouble for that crime, just just <laughs> like we do with automobiles. I love as I was finishing that paragraph and I was about to hit the like an automobile part. You turned and started giggling before I hit it, <laughs> and I had no idea what I was about to come across. Last paragraph of this: There will be those who strongly disagree with this approach. You don't say. <laughs> Those individuals should ask themselves, what price is too high to pay for human life? Does a human life not mean anything? Is it really all right to hold on to extreme ideas of personal freedom when the result of such ideas leads directly to the mass destruction of human life? What kind of society do we want to live in? <laughs> That's great. I'm glad that he was so insightful at the end of the uh, or that really brought it home for me. You know, now that I think about it, I, I will, I will get rid of all my guns, you know, because I, I be honest with you, I was just going to go kill a bunch of people now. But now that I think about human life, like what this guy's talking about, I mean, I shouldn't be allowed to have guns. Even if someone breaks into my house and they have guns and they broke the law, they still have a gun. I shouldn't be able to protect myself. It, Come on. And this is the same approach. The what price is too high to pay for human life? The insinuation there is a human life is priceless, which is the same approach that was taken during COVID, which is why we annihilated our economy for a year in the name of COVID. And we'll probably end up harming more human lives than what were lost during COVID. We'll wait for the numbers on that. All right, that's dumb bleep number three. We got a, that's only number three. And so we'll uh, we'll move on. The next couple here, we've just got some uh, videos. <clears throat> here is our fearless. Second in command, Kamala Harris. Let's hear from her. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. I do a lot of things to take care of my mind. For a while there, it wasn't something that I ever thought about. I thought I could just go through life and not ever think about my mental health, whether or not I was too stressed out, whether or not I was burned out, whether or not there were things that I could actually solve. But if you think about it, you're only going to get this one mind, this one brain, and you should really take good care of it in the same way that you would take care of your car if you were going to have to use it for the rest of your life. Don't waste any of your time being upset, angry, depressed, anxious, burnout, stressed out when there could be something you could do to actually fix it. There's a lot of things you can do, by the way. You could take some naps if you want to. You can take some time off, take a vacation. But there's also better help online therapy. So therapy is something I've done. Charlie uses BetterHelp still. He's been using it for over a year now. So if there's something that you need to talk to someone about, you could use BetterHelp. Now BetterHelp is an online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat only therapy sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on the camera if you don't want to. It's a lot more affordable than in-person therapy. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. And our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash GML. That's betterhelp.com slash GML. Uh, this is interesting. I didn't know that this was a thing, but apparently it is now. So we'll listen to what she has to say. Now, if you're only listening to the podcast and you're not watching the video then this is for you right now. I'm, I know I said Kamala Harris, but you have no clue who she is or what she does. And most importantly, you don't know what she's wearing. So let's, uh, let's hear from her. Uh, good afternoon. I want to welcome these leaders for coming in to have this very important discussion um, about some of the most pressing issues of our time. Um, 
I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. Okay. <laughs> that's good. Okay, so that's one thing. There were some other videos of other, apparently everyone at the table needed to do this. Let's just check in. Thank you, Ravini, and thank you, Madam Vice President. My, my pronouns are she, her. I'm a white woman with long brown hair. I'm wearing red, uh, a red dress, and I'm wearing a see-through mask so you can see my red lips. So there are videos of every person at the table. Doing, basically, this entire meeting was people saying what their pronouns were and what they were wearing. I don't think they had time for any business or anything. You know what bothers me is she, Kamala Harris said all that stuff. She didn't say that she was black. Uh, or or Asian. That? Yeah, or Asian. I mean, she denied both of her ancestors. I don't think she went far enough. No. Because, I mean, it's the most virtue signaling clip I've ever seen in my life. We've got the mask <laughs> for the COVID virtue, the pronouns for the ligabata, the LGBT. I call it ligabata <laughs> community virtue. We've got the blue suit where she's saying it as her disabled virtue, but she's not doing sign language for the deaf. What are we doing, Kamala? Uh, I'm not, I'm, well, I guess that's, oh man, what is she going to do for the deaf? They I'm can't sure read this, her lips. She's this, got a mask on. This video has been cut, but I'm sure the screen next to it is some person doing, <laughs> doing this like crazy. I don't know if you noticed that yeah. that's a, oh, yeah. that's like a performative art. Now I'm not making fun of sign language. Okay. I'm just saying, I didn't know when we got to this point where you had to be, is that better than captions? Like that's another thing. I Can't be right. I, I guess because some people can't read. You got all this government schooling, so you got to do the sign language thing. Did you say this was the first time you've ever heard of somebody doing this, though? I have not seen any clips of people doing this at a at actual like government official meetings did like you, this. Did no. you see the Microsoft one? It was, it I got did see popular that. a few months ago. That was ridiculous. So when I saw this, I immediately thought of that clip and just really started thinking about how this we'll see these cultural phenomenons that will start with some woke college educated. 26 year olds in Silicon Valley that will spread quite literally all the way to the highest levels of American government. And if I had to guess, it probably started before Microsoft in Cal Berkeley or some higher institution education level, if you mm -hmm. want to call it that. All right. That's number. What was that? Number four. That was number four. Let's move on to number five. Now, this is going to have to do with an insurrection and Joe Biden's wild, crazy eyes that he has going on right now. Um, this has to do with insurrection. Now, I will preface this. I don't know where you're at on this, Alex, but I was not a supporter of what happened on January 6th. I thought it was Agree. a real stupid thing to do. If you're going to do something, do it. Don't just go do <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, like, nothing positive was going to happen. What did they expect was going to happen? You, when we were, we were recording an episode live while J6 was happening, we didn't realize the historical significance. We were saying, this is going to mess stuff up. They're going to use this for years to talk about people and that's exactly the thing so hey if you're gonna do it then do it all right but anyway let's hear what biden had to say and then i'll bring up a couple other quotes afterwards you can't be pro-insurrection and pro-cop you can't be pro-insurrection and pro-democracy you can't be pro-insurrection and pro-american donald trump lacked the courage to act the brave women and men in blue all across this nation should never forget that Joe Biden doing his best John Wayne impersonation. I think it was pretty good, actually. Um, but, of course, he's recovering from COVID. So the things he said in there, you can't be pro-insurrection and pro-cop or pro-insurrection and pro-democracy and pro-insurrection and pro-American. That's the part that I had an issue with right there. I'm not saying there needs to be an insurrection. Overlords <laughs> listening to this later on, algo lords listening to us later on, I'm not saying to insurrection out there, okay? Now, here's the problem, though. Can you be pro-American and pro-insurrection at the same time? I think you can. I would just go to Thomas Jefferson on this one. Uh, when he says that secure these right, to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. It seems like America itself is literally a country that was started with an insurrection. 
But I don't know where you come down on that. I, I'm with you. I also love Daisy had a comment in the Discord where she said <laughs> that Joe Biden had Senator Palpatine level of crazy face going, and that made me laugh. It was nuts. And someone, I think Costco posted a video that uh, didn't make it in. Uh, the, the first part of the video, he had like these tired eyes, or he looked like he was falling asleep. And there's like a cut. And he's like, I mean, they literally, they had to come up there and just, jab something in his arm real quick to get him to wake up because and then he didn't blink for like a minute while he was talking <laughs> i don't think it's safe at his age for them to be putting those kind of drugs in the system but <laughs> you tell me i'm not a doctor okay that's number that's number five just real quick on that wanted to get that out of the way and um you've been talking about monkeypox at all on your show smidge smidge and a half a little bit of monkeypox all right i i do want to say I know that there's people talking about this stigmatizing the gay thing. And I, I, and whatever that means, whatever negative connotation that is, I don't want to have that because I don't care what people do in their lives. And personally, I don't really want to... Anything that we say about it, <clears throat> I don't mean anything negative about people who are gay, no matter how it sounds off. It sounds like when we are uh, talking about monkeypox. But Senator Scott Weiner. That is when it's I.E. Got to be Wiener, right? Uh, I'll roll with Wiener. Okay, well, so Wiener was mad about the gay thing going on. And uh, do you, can you read? I'm yeah. sure that's big enough for you to read. So tell me what he said. He said, lots of sex shaming of gay men around monkeypox. The same shaming we saw in the 1980s regarding HIV. Lecturing people not to have sex isn't a public health strategy. It didn't stop HIV. It made it worse. And it didn't stop monkeypox. What will, what will work is vaccination, testing, and education. Okay. Seems reasonable enough. So what he's saying is the thing that people are doing that has led to the spread of monkeypox, lecturing people about not doing that thing, is not going to be a way to stop the spread of it. What we need to do is rely on <laughs> vaccination and testing and education about it. But sitting here acting like we should be telling people, hey, this is predominantly how this has been spread. So what we're going to do is uh, maybe you don't do that thing for a bit. That's not a way, that's not a public health strategy at all. You don't tell people, don't, don't try to not spread this disease or this virus. Not a public health. Okay, that's in a, that's. Here's what I would say. If people understand the risks and they want to take on those risks in their life, then everyone should be free to take on whatever risk they want. I just wonder if that's what he's always thought about stuff. Yeah, that's this, the problem. Is this the standard is, we're going to roll with? Is this how Wiener normally <laughs> leans on this scenario? <laughs> that's what I want to know. And he leans a little bit to the left on this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so here's the next one. Uh, Alex, if you want to go with that. Oh, Lord. Here's a plain English summary of what people slash businesses can and can't do under the stay-at-home order. Groceries, pharmacies, banks, gas stations, and other essentials will be open. Restaurants can do takeout. You can walk the dog or go for a run, but most keep so, but must keep social distance. Okay, so that's one. Let's go to another. This makes me so angry. Refusing to wear a mask is simply despicable. Member of Congress who don't wear masks should be prohibited from entering the Capitol. Period. And I know that's your favorite thing when people oh, spell out period it's, at the end of a tweet. It's not meant for text. Okay? <laughs> it's meant for talking. There's, there's a physician in Nashville that I had said something on my show about, like, I'm not worried about monkeypox because I'm not out having promiscuous gay sex. And she responded, like I said, physician in Nashville saying that monkeypox is a great opportunity to remind people that we should be masking up again. Yeah. yeah. Wait, what? And I said, why? I said, what <laughs> evidence do we have that this, is a, that this is an opportunity to mask up again? It's and of course, I didn't get a response, but... This, this was this was supposed to be one of the intellectual elite among us. <laughs> it's a great opportunity for us to point out how stupid masks are. That's a, that's what this is. If that's what we're going to push, I have seen nothing about that. Jeff says you should mask your wiener, and I agree. <laughs> All right, so that is uh, dumb bleep number six. You see, I keep questioning what dumb bleep it is, and there's a number right there saying exactly what number it is. I should actually look at that. All right, on to the next story. Dumb bleep number seven. Oh man, I'm pumped about this one. 
This comes via libs of TikTok, and I did, in fact, confirm uh, this story by going to this place's uh, websites and their Facebook and their Instagram and reading some other articles about it. True story. Now, this did not occur this week, but it's dumb enough that it transcends all of the weeks. This, this story transcends time. Lesbian bar shuts down one week after opening. Now, why would that have happened? Doc Marie's is a lesbian bar that opened on July 1st of this year with the hope of bringing more inclusivity to the city of Portland. But just one week after their grand opening, they were forced to shut down because of complaints that the bar was not a safe space. The crowd on opening day was huge. One woman said that the line for entry on opening night was wrapped around the block with literally 200 lesbians waiting to get in. (laughs) And there was a line of another 2,000 guys behind them uh, watching the whole thing. But the excitement about the new progressive hangout dissipated quickly. Within days, Doc Marie's found itself on the receiving end of accusations of not being inclusive enough for trans people and people of color. Despite mask mandates being lifted in Portland, patrons accused the bar of not implementing enough COVID safety measures. Patrons also claimed that Doc Marie's had culturally appropriative art on the walls. Actually, it was just pictures of Nancy Pelosi wearing African garb on her (laughs) knees. But what are you going to do? Employees of Doc Marie's created an Instagram page to echo these concerns. They claimed that the owners weren't proactive enough in creating a safe space and accused the owners of racism. The employees also demanded that the bar host free opportunities for education for the community. This is a post on their Instagram right here. We, the Marie, is that Equi, I guess? Mm, Equi Workers Collective, hereafter they're known as the MEWC. I like that more. Are composed of the current employees of Doc Marie's. We only speak for ourselves, not the ownership of the bar, which is called Donk Brands. It's ironic. This is the only social media account uh, affiliated with MEWC. We felt misled about the space being safe and welcoming. Our vision is a queer worker-owned cooperative that is ran democratically, provides mutual aid, and hosts free opportunities for education to our community. Then go start that place first off. If that's what, that's their vision. Their vision is a queer worker-owned cooperative that is ran democratically, provides mutual aid, and hosts free opportunities for education to our community. Why don't those people that are really upset get their money together and go get a bar and open a place that does all the queer things they want? That's what I want to know. Okay, this is not over. Yesterday, this is the workers still continuing, we presented a list of demands including owner resignation and and relinquishing stake to workers, which as of 7 p.m. on 7-4-22 have not been acknowledged despite being past the agreed-upon 24-hour deadline. Was there an agreed-upon deadline? Well, it was July 4th. It was their Independence Day, clearly. <laughs> exactly. That was their Declaration of Independence right there. And now the end of the story really here. Uh, this is from Doc Marie's Instagram. Sadly, uh, we hear you. And we are taking steps to ensure that we can carry out our mission of being a proud, safe, and inclusive space for our community. We will be posting updates on our action plan shortly, as well as a timeline for reopening. Thank you. And to this date, they have not reopened. Just so everyone knows. This is, Alex, perhaps the fastest communist uprising I have ever seen. Do you do you feel bad for the business owner at all? I do. Yeah. Because part of me is like, because I own a small business, and I've got about 30 people that work for me, and <laughs> part of me is like, look, brother, you got to, or sister, whatever, maybe you got to hire <laughs> some, maybe you got to hire some better people here. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I have a lot of die-hard Bernie bros that work for me. Mm-hmm. Now, I intentionally separate my politics and my business so that they have no idea what my political leanings even are, but I couldn't imagine if... If a bunch of my workers came to me and said, hey, we're not working until you do all this, I would be so screwed. Including, they say that you have to give up the business and give the ownership to them. Like the business, yeah. now you're talking like corporate paperwork at that time. You got to give the ownership over to them, relinquish your stake in the business from these people that just work for you. And when they do that, like you're saying, you would be screwed as a business owner at that point. Like, what are you going to do? Exactly. Because there's only a certain sect of people that wants to work at a lesbian bar. I know. It's a smaller work pool, workforce, I would say. 
But man, the first off, the 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 entitlement, the wokeness, the woke entitlement that's happening here. And I don't know anything about the owners. Maybe they fostered this kind of thing. Maybe they are believers of this kind of ideology, and therefore we can make fun of it coming back to bite them in the ass because uh, they think all of this stuff should happen. But I do feel bad for them, and I hope that if they do lean hard Bernie left, that they had just become libertarians, and they might not announce that to everyone, but maybe they will be now. This is a ridiculous, in, in a span of five days. I just, I just keep reading this post and all of their demands. If that is you as a worker, if those are all your demands, how can you even function in society? Because <laughs> no. nothing will ever meet your demands that you are putting on society to acquiesce to your whims. I know. And like what I was saying to start with, let's say there's 10 workers. I don't know how many there are. Why, why is it that in this ideology, someone else goes and they start the bar? They probably did a lot of work to get the bar good mm-hmm. to go. Liquor licenses, you know, doing, you know, actually getting the space and decorating probably all that. Decently long lease for that space. And then they come in after the owner's done all that stuff and they say, you must give all the ownership to us now that you have done all of this and we're going to take it over. If it's so great, why don't the 10, I'm just going to say 10, why don't the 10 of them get their money together and go find another bar space and run their own democratically owned bar? That's not against the law. Why don't they just go do that? In fact, that's the nature of the economy that we live in. Yeah. If you think you can do it better than the other guy, go compete with him. Hmm. So you just said guy right there. So, which, oh my God. That's you're all right. I heard was you are right. This is a non-safe space. You're right. Uh, for sure. So that's dumb bleep number seven. Let's keep rolling here. AOC gets oh. to be in here. This is great. Now this is a five minute long video. We won't make it through the entire thing, but um, this is completely ridiculous. Where is she at? I think on the first one. Yeah. I watched this while I was eating lunch today and I almost did a couple spit takes. So they are questioning the owners of Daniel Defense about their marketing tactics and whether or not they are marketing themselves to white supremacists because of this screenshot. I tried to find the ad, by the way, that had this because I guarantee you, if that's the best picture they can find, there's probably like half a second right Mm -hmm. there. And then that's the only time that you see it in the entire ad, if that's the best thing they can find. But let's hear what AOC has to say about it. Brand name, not in, not in the photo. No ma'am. worries, no uh, worries. So, uh, firearm manufacturer Daniel Defense. This photograph is from an advertisement uh, featured um, for your company. Do you know? I'd like to draw your attention to that red tattoo featured in your company's advertisement. Do you know what that tattoo is, Mr. <clears throat> Daniel? Oh, Madam Congressman, I. Uh, Congresswoman, I'm not sure this is our ad. Can okay. you show the whole ad? Is this our ad or someone else? Yes, this is your ad, um, Mr. Daniel. This is an advertisement for your company, Daniel Defense. What, uh, uh, why brand name not in not in the photo? No ma'am. worries, no worries. So this is uh, in this is featured prominently in your advertisement. That tattoo. You've indicated that you don't know what it is, but Miss Sampson, uh, as an expert in this uh, area, can you briefly tell us uh, what that tattoo is? That's a fall knot, and it's a symbol that has been increasingly embraced by white supremacists. So, uh, Mr. Daniel, you may or may not know, but your company's advertisement uh, prominently displays iconography uh, associated with white supremacist movements. Uh, I'd also, you can also find it in this other photo that I will be pu- pulling up right now. Uh, right there from January 6th, you can see the fall knot right there on uh, this uh, gentleman's chest. Uh, Mr. Daniel, yes or, new, or no, are you aware that your advertising department uses imagery affiliated with white supremacist movements in its marketing materials? No, ma'am. I don't okay, think no, we Proclaiming do my time. Thank you. I, I apologize. <laughs> okay, that's enough. Gosh. I mean, you know what they say about AOC. She, everybody's favorite big juicy takes. That's, that's AOC. <laughs> Okay, so just in case anyone is wondering, you're listening at home, uh, we, in case you're wondering, um, AOC has black hair. She is a woman and <laughs> identifies uh, she, her, I believe, and she's wearing a green shirt of some sort with her hand up in the air and a super annoying face. And they are talking about this symbol that is on the back of some guy's arm in a Daniel Defense ab, 
It's a terrible photo. You can't... You. I mean, they wait, had wait, to... Keep that up. Keep that up. Yeah. It looks strikingly similar to the symbol on the button that she's wearing. Just it pointing that out. from a distance, yeah. That's true. Um, let's get back up here. So this symbol, right? Somewhere inside of this circle are three triangles that are together that they found, and that is the absolute best photo that they could find. If they could have found the better one, they would have used it. So this is the absolute best one that they can find. And so that means that Daniel Defense, who I believe that gun was used in the Uvalde shooting, I believe that's when that uh, uproar started with them, they are marketing to white supremacists because this guy that's in the screenshot, that you can barely see it, has a tattoo of a symbol that is increasingly associated with white supremacist movements. And the best picture they could get of the symbol was it pushed against a rock on this guy's tricep. Yeah. And then you see the side of it. I can't even make out what it is. Well, at one point, the CEO of Daniel Defense says, is that our commercial? And she's like, yeah, yeah. And he goes, our brand isn't anywhere in that picture. And her response is, no worries, no worries. No worries. It's yours. I love when she brought on the the expert, too. Mm -hmm. And the expert says, you laughed at it. Uh, this is a symbol that's been increasingly embraced by white yes. supremacists. But their, their evidence for this, that this is a white supremacist symbol, is not any type of history of this being involved in white supremacy movements. No. It's a picture of the QAnon shaman <laughs> who, as far as I know... We have no evidence that this guy was a white supremacist, right? Just I, he was I don't a, think he was do. a wackadoo. Capital vegan rioter. guy that was like refusing to eat when they put him in jail. I'm I, pretty sure. I have no idea about that. I think it is. But so their evidence that this is white supremacist is a picture of a guy that we have no no evidence that this guy's a white supremacist. This, this is not a screenshot of a Daniel Defense ad right here. This is a picture of one of the the most dangerous man on J6 <laughs> with the horns. He was the most heavily armed guy that was there with the horns and the flagpole. That's the, about the extent of the armament uh, for the people that were there. And he has these three triangles. And that is, a, I hate it when they do this associated thing. What does mm -hmm. that mean? They did the same thing. They tried, they've tried several times with the Gadsden flag. And I've actually uh, had even libertarians say, you guys need to move away from the, like having the Gadsden flag on all your stuff because that's like associated with white supremacists. Um, my dad used to run a grocery store before Illinois increased their minimum wage the last time. He used to have a grocery store, and he wasn't going to re require anyone to wear masks in the grocery store. He thought that that was really dumb. And so he put a sign up on the door saying that he wasn't going to require anyone and that everyone needed to accept that risk when they came into the store. Now they're in Illinois, mind you, mm -hmm. where I think you're still required to wear a mask on the toilet in, in <laughs> Illinois in your own house, I'm pretty sure. And on that note, he also put a gaston flag don't tread on me uh sticker on the door he promptly had to take it down uh, most of the community i would say like 80 percent of that town are black and he was told by several people that that is a racist white supremacist symbol how do we know that because at rallies in the past where they were white supremacists some of the people carried a gaston flag and so therefore it's a white white supremacist symbol and so someone of that ideology carries something. I don't know if you know this. The guy with the triangles also has an American flag in his hand. <laughs> so now this American flag, which I bet you AOC has got something with an American flag on it that she's required to wear it sometimes. She's then wearing something that is associated with a guy that attacked the Capitol on January 6th. Well, Nate, I got bad news for you. Mm -hmm. His his arm in that picture has a brick wall tattooed on it, mm. and you've got a brick wall background right here in the studio. I White see. supremacist podcast! I see that. Man. All right, so you guys get how just incredibly dumb this actually is. Oh, I wanted to just tell everyone what this symbol actually meant, I guess. I've never heard of the thing before. Me neither. Such so a strong and powerful looking symbol, which is three triangles and and many points. As such, it's a popular symbol for tattoos representing strength, power, warriors, and fearlessness. It's also a popular symbol on clothing and in, in jewelry designs and gun commercials. And so that's from Google right there. The ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, says that the Valknot is an old Norse symbol that often represented the afterlife in carvings and designs. It's often considered to be a symbol of the Norse god Odin. Some white supremacists, particularly racist 
Odinists have appropriated the Valkna to use as a racist symbol. Often they use it as a sign that they are willing to give their life to Odin, generally in battle. At the bottom, non-racist pagans may also use this symbol, so one should carefully examine it in context rather than assume that a particular use of the symbol is racist. And that's from the Anti-Defamation League. I was about to say, that's a surprisingly, <laughs> yeah, relatively fair definition from the ADL. I'm glad I caught this before they removed it from the website today. Yeah. So anyway, that's Dumbly at number eight. Number nine. Hey, did you, did you uh, read this Inflation Reduction Act? Are you pumped that inflation's finally going to come down? <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's good. I'm pretty pumped about it. So we got this Inflation Reduction Tax Act. I want to tell you guys about a sponsor for the show, which is the Expat Money Show from our good friend, Mikkel Thorup. Listen, becoming an expat, that is a difficult decision. But for those of you that are in any way on the fence about this, you're curious about it, you wonder about the logistics of it, hands down, Expat Money Show is the best place to go to hear all of the advice, all of the strategy on how to do this. You're going to learn all about precious metals, uh, how to store your money the best way possible. You're going to learn about cool things like how to legally avoid paying taxes, getting passports so you can travel all around the world, how to actually protect the assets that you have from some of these tyrannical governments. And by the way, there is an expat online money summit, the expat money summit that is coming up in November. And yes, it is going to have the one and only Ron Paul speaking. It's not the easiest thing in the world to do. There's a lot of different ways to do it, but I tell you what, Mikkel, he knows exactly what to do because he has been living this life. He's not just the guy that's out there talking about this thing that you can do. He's literally living it on a daily basis. He knows everything there is to know about becoming an expat. So go to the expat money show, listen to that podcast and also go sign up for the free expat money summit coming up in November. Once again, go to the expat money show on all of your podcast apps and go to the link in the show notes. So you can sign up for the free online expat money summit. Um, the, here's how you reduce inflation by the way, inflation induced by too much money printing into the economy. Uh, you spend more money on stuff. Like Clearly. You take billions of dollars and you put it into the economy. And what you also do is you tax heavily the people who provide all of the stuff that we buy on a daily basis that we are complaining is too expensive. So, like, if you want to fight inflation, you raise taxes on those people and you take a bunch of money and you put it into the economy afterwards. And that is the recipe for reducing Inflation. It's an economic masterpiece. Mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm surprised they came up with it. And for everybody that thought Joe Manchin was going to continue to be the stone wall and, and I did. hold I was off a little the Democrats, to tell you the truth. yeah, this is this feels like a stab in the back. Mm -hmm. Because I had been very proud of Joe Manchin up until this point, and then I read over this and I said, "Well, you blew it, brother." His only criteria was that he did not want to add to the deficit with the bill. Basically, that that was pretty much it. As long as they put on paper that they're going to take in more money than they're going to spend, then it seems like he's just okay with doing it. Plus, they added some natural gas subsidies inside of the bill, mm, so that there helps you go. just a little bit. Helps right there, um, and so he doesn't want to add to the deficit. This says it's going to pay down towards the debt, so that's good. They're going to take in like eight hundred. And they're going to spend 400 they're going to take in 750 or whatever it is. And they're going to put $300 billion towards the deficit. Now, don't pay attention to the fact that they just passed the $280 billion CHIPS Act. Mm -hmm. You know, at the same time, kind of seems like a wash, if you ask me. Uh, but let's roll through just a little bit of this Inflation Act. So, WAPO, they say what's in the bill. So, let's just go through some of the details on this. This is going to look weird on the live stream for the moment because it's cutting out green. I'm going to have to fix that later on. Anyway... So $235 billion for energy and climate tax credits. We got $30 billion for clean electricity grants. We got clean manufacturing tax credits, clean energy technology, clean vehicle manufacturing, extension of the ACA subsidies, the gift that keeps on giving, and prescription drug and vaccine coverage, $35 billion in there. And then they're going to take in $315 billion from the 15% corporate minimum tax. Now that's really bad. That's a bad thing. We talked about, I don't know if you heard the episode yesterday, but I talked about it. I listened to it on my way here, okay. yeah. So, listen, who pays the tax? Well, let me just ask you, who do you think pays the tax? That would be me and you. Yes, we pay the tax, just like we pay the shipping, just like we pay everything. 
we pay the tax. It's an expense. That's all it is. And uh, we did the study yesterday, MBER, for that study, uh, 69% is carried by the workers and the consumers. The rest of it is the shareholders. And so acting like they're not raising taxes on people while saying they're going to raise $315 billion from corporations, which at least $200 billion of that or more is going to be increased prices in an inflation reduction bill that is supposed to help prices come down on stuff and help people, that's pretty dumb. Well, and to add to what you were talking about your study yesterday, I want to say the guys over at Words and Numbers, which you've had one of them on the show before, mm -hmm. right? They talked about this a few months ago, how in Pennsylvania, there was some sort of of gas tax that was passed mm -hmm. and it was meant to tax the gas stations and then going back after five years and looking at it it was 60 percent of the gas tax was paid for directly by people at the pump mm -hmm. so yeah it will directly go to the consumer i heard that episode it was also supposed to pay for one specific thing on the budget and they were going to use that to pay for like building this new project and the tax is still there, of course, oh, after, yeah. after all this time. They never oh, yeah. got rid of it. It was just to pay for this one thing. They're going to raise the gas tax uh, for a bit. So the Inflation Reduction Act, Tax Act, is going to increase inflation. And, of course, everyone's super pumped about that. I had a Joe Biden video pulled up about it, but it's getting kind of late, so we'll skip past it. It's him doing another John Wayne impersonation. The funny part about the video I'll put a link in the show notes. Have you seen the video of him saying that we're not in a recession? I believe I've heard it. I don't think I've watched it. Okay. Well, then we're going to have to look at it real quick. <laughs> Do you have time to look at it? Yeah, I got okay. as much time as you need. All right, cool. It's, here's what I love is I know he's feeling pretty good because he sprints off the stage when he gets done as soon as people start asking questions. And so he can still move. The whole guy's still got it. I'll tell you what. And this is powering the strongest rebound in American manufacturing in over three decades, creating 613,000, 613,000 manufacturing jobs. Passing the CHIPS bill is going to put another $72 billion for incentives and tax credits to expand semiconductor production. And the Inflation Reduction Act will add another $370 billion in clean energy tax credits in reconciliation including incentives to accelerate domestic production of solar panels, wind turbines, batteries, and critical materials processing. That doesn't sound like a recession to me. Thank you very much. I love just seeing him walk out of the screen there. What kind of jobs, Joe? Manufacturing. <laughs> Man. Manufacturing. He was just reading off of a... A sheet right there. And at the end of the sheet, it said, walk off immediately after you say this mm -hmm. word. That's definitely what the sheet said. Karine Jean-Pierre does the same thing. Drives me crazy. At least Saki would look down at her notes and then look up and say something snarky back to Peter Doocy. Mm -hmm. Karine Jean-Pierre won't even look Peter Doocy in the eye. She immediately stares right at the podium. I don't think she's going to last long. If it weren't for a couple of the special qualifications that she has going for her, I think she would have been out of here by now. That's a great way to I'm not going to say what they are. I'm just, I, you know. I think she's got a, got a leg up. Okay, so now we've moved on. To, we're on dumb leap number 10. That's what kicked off that. Number nine was the Inflation Reduction Act. Now we're on number 10. That's not a real recession. That's what we're on for number 10. Now, I don't know if we're in a recession. I said that yesterday. I'm not an economist. I don't know. I just know that if we're not in one, it would be the first time since 1947 that we'd had two negative quarters of GDP in a row, and it wasn't labeled as a recession. Now, they don't label it as a recession immediately, you know, I showed this Fed chart. There's like gray boxes around it. It's not like as soon as you get that quarter, the gray box starts and it starts ticking across there. They've applied those afterwards, you know. So I don't know if this is a recession. I do know that there used to be a common definition of recession. I'm not sure. Do you do you think, have you, have you talked about this whole recession idea? I yeah. haven't. I've talked about how since, like you said, 19, since 1947, this is what's been referred to as a recession. And I don't know if we're going to talk about it, but you sent it to me earlier today, the Brian Deese clip, mm -hmm. of where he used to say this was a recession. There's a Bill Clinton clip that's been going around today from the late 90s where he said, well, as you know, the definition of recession is two quarters of negative GDP growth. And, and so, yeah, this is the long-term definition of a recession. I will say, though, to your point where you said, I don't know if we're in a recession – I went down to Atlanta with my dad a couple weeks weekends ago. I, I've been out in Nashville recently. People are out spending money like crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure there are many households that have drawn back on their spending, 
but I still see a lot of people spending money. I still see a lot of businesses growing. And my point was, is if this is what recession looks like, at this point, I'm not terribly worried. And I understand historically, uh, layoffs will start coming three or four quarters mm-hmm. into a into a recession. So maybe we will see that and then I'll get worried. But when I look around the economy right now, I see a lot of people still spending money regardless of inflation and other economic pressures. Yeah, and the way I talked about yesterday, the way it worked in 1947, we hit these two quarters. They did not label the recession. Interestingly enough, what were they dealing with? This is a, just a tangent here. What were they dealing with in 1947? World War II had just ended, right? What happened? A bunch of people just came home back into the jobs market. And so they had a ton of people that were gone, not working all these jobs in the country. And they all just came in and came back into the jobs market. And it almost reminds me of what we have right now. Now, COVID was not a war or anything, but we just artificially removed our jobs market. And then we opened it back up. And so, yeah, a lot of people flooding back into the jobs market right now. It doesn't look like it. So we get the two negative quarters. But the jobs look strong, you know. And what happened in 1947 was we end up having a few quarters of positive after that. And then we go way negative for like another year afterwards. And we could end up seeing that same thing again. I would be interested in whether or not it's going to model the way that it played out in the 40s. And it, of course, raises the question, if Republicans were in power, would the same thing be happening? (laughs) It would be a recession. (laughs) <laughs> that's that well if, everybody if this would agree were, everyone actually let me tell you real quick let me tell you real quick this is uh, from the washington post this is from yesterday republicans and conservative media have taken note of the white house moves in recent days with many suggesting the administration is seeking to redefine recession for political purposes the first thing to note is that two straight quarters of negative gdp growth isn't determinative the official determination is up to the mber a nonpartisan private organization that utilizes other factors and making such calls. That's from the Washington Post uh, yesterday. Here's another one. While two straight negative quarters of gross domestic product isn't actually the technical definition of a recession, that determination made by the NBR, uh, they're talking about GDP as the most important indicator. Okay, you ask, what would they do if they're a Republican in charge? I'll bring you 2020 from, All the, right. from the Washington Post. An official recession occurs when the economy experiences two consecutive quarters of negative growth. Wow. From the Washington Post. (laughs) I did a little bit of digging. I set my date range on the WAPO's Mm -hmm. website today and went through some of their stuff. Sure enough, I found it. First one I clicked on, official recession, two consecutive quarters of negative growth. Yeah, you were a step ahead of me on that one for sure. (laughs) There you go. And the, uh, let's see, you talked about that Ryan D's thing. This is just a 10-second clip of it. Uh, But this is what he's saying to to uh, yesterday or yeah uh, maybe the day before this is yesterday and then what he said in 2008 we'll play what he said uh, just a couple days ago two negative quarters of gdp growth is not uh the technical definition of recession it's not the definition that economists have traditionally uh relied on all right alex what does that say right there on the decent in 2008 Economists have a technical definition of recession, which is two consecutive quarters of negative growth. <laughs> he even used the same words. I know, technical. He said, of course, it's not the technical, you know, economists uh, have a different way of doing it. And then they say, economists have a technical definition of recession is two quarters. Why do we call it negative growth? I'm just reading that in that quote. Wouldn't it just be shrinkage? <laughs> well, because it's, it's, uh, it's relative to the previous quarter. So there could still be growth. But it's relative to the to the previous. Oh, yeah. okay, gotcha, so it gotcha. Is, it is shrinkage. It's a it's a pullback, uh, but you could still be growing over the longer term. It's just not growing uh, like the previous yeah, one was. That so makes total sense. I guess it depends on your time horizon on the on the whole thing. But the actual GDP itself is still going up. We're talking about the rate of growth for it. That is uh, that is why. Okay, those are the dumb bleeps. They are all in. The DBOTW channel on the Discord. Go get your votes in. Uh, go get those votes. Let's see what you got. 
While we're doing that, Alex, one more time, tell everyone where they can find all of your fine work. Oh, yeah. Again, if you just search Alex Abernathy in whatever podcast app you're on, then the show will pop up there. There's two different shows. Uh, one will say Alex Abernathy National Broadcast. That's the half of the show that we cover national stuff. And the other will pop up and say Alex Abernathy, Tennessee's Anchorman. And if you care about what's going on in Tennessee politics, then you can check that one out there. We have a, a, a nice new logo for the national podcast, but it still has hasn't updated on Apple. We're still kind of grappling with Apple on that. So mm. Apple still has the old ugly logo, but everywhere else has the has the new fancy one. I was gonna say I haven't seen a new logo yet. Yeah. When how long ago was it that you very long time. Really? <laughs> I've never had an issue with that with them. I've been, it's been like next day. With I had me. I had changed it previously. Easy. Easy peasy. Yeah. Changed immediately. Ever since. No, it's hmm. it's been a struggle. Like, I thought about refreshing the cover photo for each new episode and putting, like, the title of the episode on it. It changed so fast every, yeah. every time I've done it. Well, if I if I tweet out the link, it shows the correct graphic. Mm. But if, you, if you're subscribed and you get the old one, it's, it's still the... Still the old image. I have no idea. Maybe like that for you, like your cache has that image, you know, it's stored mm-hmm. in your phone. If you were to you know, erase all of that, uh, I wonder for a new person that goes and does it, maybe they see the new logo, potentially. It's worth a shot. I don't know. I don't know about computers that well. It looks like, oh, man, okay. It looks like Kamala, she, VP, her are her pronouns. That is the winner. That's dumb bleep number four, Kamala, with the win. I mean, I didn't want to say it's the first thing she's ever won. She's won a couple (laughs) other things, I guess, by default. But um, anyway, congrats, Kamala, she, uh, her, VP, uh, with, uh, with black hair. And a blue suit. That's pretty good. But she didn't say that she was like what her race was. And I just find that really weird. I'm with you. It wouldn't have been my vote. I would have gone no. lesbian communist uprising. Oh, God. That was, that was a crazy one. It was at least fun to read, though. It'll make for some good TikTok content. Well, no, not, not good TikTok content. <laughs> you were telling me before you got banned from TikTok. Ridiculous. I told you to get a TikTok. Yeah, you're the one that got me on TikTok. You got a TikTok. And you already got banned. It's all right. I'll probably relaunch a new one eventually. Which means you probably have better content than we do. That's the thing. But we got shadow banned. It's been terrible. But I think everyone's been helping us fight the algorithms recently by liking and commenting on stuff. Keep doing that. Go share the show with a friend, a family member, the children. Alex, thank you so much for coming in and filling in for who was potentially the most worthless co-host that anyone has ever had on a podcast in the history of American podcasts. So thank you very much for being here. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me. If you ever need somebody to drive down and do it again, I am, I'm right up the road. All right, the group's going to be asking for you every single day, I can tell you that. All right, everyone, have a great weekend and a good morning, Liberty.